0: Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by AMS Media. It's another edition of the Transfer Show. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing? Welcome back to the Transfer Update Show. It's another uh, edition of our live podcast where we'll be talking through all the latest transfer news with regards to the Arsenal. We'll be touching on some of the big stories. We'll be taking your questions, your comments as well throughout. And as usual, we have got lots and lots to get through. I want to start off by saying a massive thank you to everybody who's tuned into yesterday's edition so far. Over 10,000 of you. Uh, tuned in um, on uh, on YouTube, and uh, a big thanks to everyone who's tuned in via the audio platforms as well. Really, really appreciate it. Right, let's get down to business. And the first uh, topic of discussion today is uh, that linking Arsenal with a move for Felipe Anderson from West Ham. I mean, what on earth is that about? I, uh, you know. Of all the stories that we could have seen today, that was not one I was expecting, that's for sure. Um, Felipe Anderson, Brazilian, um, sort of an attacking midfield player, left winger, I would probably say. Uh, Somebody that West Ham paid, I think, in excess of 30 odd million pounds to bring him uh, to the Premier League from Lazio, I think it was. But... He's never really cut it, has he? He's never really cut the mustard in London. 11 goals in 67 appearances for the club. Just one in the Premier League last season in 25 appearances. So, you know, it's it's a strange one. But the report is even stranger because it doesn't even say that, you know, Arsenal are interested in buying Felipe Anderson or anything like that. It says that Arsenal have been offered an opportunity to sign the player on a loan deal. I mean, what is that about? Why would we go out of our way to, first of all, bring Felipe Anderson in? And secondly, on a loan deal? It it, it just makes no sense. And I know that we have been speaking a lot um, in recent times about Arsenal's finances and Arsenal's sort of, um, you know, Arsenal's sort of hopes of um, bringing players in on a low budget and getting things done and getting ourselves over the line and patching up this squad in the meantime so that we can at least get back into, you know, contention for the Champions League places, you know, but this is just stupid. Uh, And, you know, I've read this report when it came out earlier and I couldn't believe what I was reading. And I'd I love to hear what you guys think about this as well, because I just think it's complete and utter nonsense. The report goes as follows. Arsenal have been offered unsettled West Ham winger, Felipe Anderson, whose impact in East London has considerably waned since an impressive debut campaign. So the, the original reports come from 90 Min. Um, great guys over at 90 Min. Um, lucky enough to work with them. Um sort of on on sort of the the YouTube and video side. Uh, But I I don't know where that has come from. Um, You know, I I just, obviously somebody has said that, some source has reported that for them to write it because I know they wouldn't just write it for the sake of it. But it just feels like such a crazy thing to come out with. And look, Arsenal may well have been offered the opportunity to sign Felipe Anderson. I'm not saying that that is definitely not true. But what I will hang my hat on and say isn't true is that or or isn't true is the idea that Arsenal might even have some interest in Felipe Anderson. I'm certain that he is not a player that Arsenal are looking at at the moment. Um, He's not a player I would even take. You know, he's the type of player that if you gave him to me on a free transfer, I wouldn't even take him genuinely Um, just because. His form since arriving in the Premier League has just been so up and down. Yeah, at times he's looked really good. At times he's been very difficult to play against. And, and you know, he certainly made an impact in, in Italy prior to coming to the Premier League. But he's not a player I'd be looking at. And when you think about the position he plays in, um, left winger, you know, you'd be essentially asking a Bamiang to move position. You'd be asking Martinelli, um, to step to one side. You'd be asking Bukayo Saka, Reese Nelson, who can potentially play there. Even Nicola Pepe can play on the left-hand side. It just feels like a position that we're overstocked in and one that we certainly do not need to bring players in, particularly when we're so weak in other areas. Those areas need to be the priority. And for me, the Felipe Anderson rumor is just complete and utter nonsense. Um, I can't rule out that he's been offered to Arsenal, of course, and I'm not saying that. But whoever did offer him to Arsenal, they must have been smoking something if they thought that Arsenal would actually be interested in Felipe Anderson, that Arsenal would actually pursue Felipe Anderson. And again, with football... Um, I'm never going to rule anything out completely but if Arsenal go and sign Felipe Anderson I'll be very very disappointed this is supposed to be a new era this is supposed to be a new dawn this is supposed to be Arsenal rebuilding and pushing forward again as a football club and Felipe Anderson is not the man uh, that's going to do that for us there's absolutely no question in my mind about that whatsoever so let's um Let's cut it there on Felipe Anderson, but it is a story that has gathered pace today. It is a story that was initially uh, broken by uh, ninety men, but appears to be cropping up in all kinds of places at the moment. I, I just, I just don't want to see Felipe Anderson at Arsenal. is my my opinion, um, and I don't think that Arsenal would be interested in him either, given what we know about the type of gets that we are actually going after this summer, the players that we are hoping to do deals for. Felipe Anderson just doesn't fit in that bracket anywhere. And you know, had we not signed Willian, then maybe I would say that there's a bit more in the in the Felipe Anderson thing and and possibly um you know Arsenal would consider picking him up on a loan if it meant saving money, if it meant bringing in a squad member to backfill a position that we were a little bit short in. But as I said, we're not short in the left wing position. Um I didn't think we were short in the wing positions as it was. But we've gone and got Willian, who is another winger, who can play from either side. And for me, that makes it even less likely that Arsenal would entertain uh, this so-called offer that has come from West Ham United with regards to taking Felipe Anderson on loan. It's clear that they want to get him off their books. It's clear they don't want to pay his wages. They're going to do everything they can to try and move him on. Um, it's clear they don't think they could sell him if they're looking to push him out on loan to someone. But to come knock on Arsenal's door and say, um, you know, are you interested in Felipe Anderson? Here's an opportunity to sign him, I think is ludicrous and a complete and utter waste of time uh, for whoever uh, West Ham tasked with doing that. Let's be honest. Um, let's go over to the live comments before we come and touch on uh, some of the Uh, The other stories that are doing the rounds today, Um, Winnipeg Swahili TV says, how is the Aubameyang situation? As far as I know, my friend, the Aubameyang situation is as it was. Um, I am very much convinced that the deal has been done, um, that the terms have been agreed, that um, we are just waiting for, I guess, any final... Uh, dotting of I's and crossing of T's to take place before we will get an official announcement. I do believe that announcement um, is due any time. Now, I'm not going to say it's coming tomorrow. I'm not going to say it's coming next week or the week after because I'd be lying. I I, I don't know when it's going to happen. So I can't give you a a concrete prediction on that. However, what I will say is that I do believe that the deal is done. And I do think that the announcement is um, not far away. Let's put it that way i um, just talking about um, Felipe Anderson. Femi says, Afternoon, Harry. I don't think we need Anderson, though he is a quality winger. Uh, Jay Bowling refers to the Edu influence, e.g. Willian Lewis, Gabriel Martinelli, and now possibly Anderson. Are we going to become mini Brazil? I suppose there are worse nations that you can build your footballing philosophy around, that's for sure. Um, F4 Freestylers, he's a bit more optimistic about Uh, Philippe Anderson he says he's playing for an average team if he has better players around him then he would become better yeah look I do take that into consideration I just think that when you're talking about someone who you know is supposed to be of a high caliber someone in my view that would be good enough to play for Arsenal Football Club a return of one Premier League goal in 25 games and you know one goal in in 27 in all competitions that's just simply not good enough. And even if you're playing in a poor side, look, there are players in the, in the relegated sides that have got better sort of returns than that. So I, I don't feel like that is a, a complete excuse. I think it's one that people will obviously point to. And it's a, it's a factor that you have to take into consideration. But for me, that isn't the be all and end all. Um, the fact that West Ham weren't very good last season, he still didn't perform, you know, he still didn't perform. and And that's the bottom line. And, I've seen nothing from Felipe Anderson in the last few months to suggest um, that he's got what it takes to go and play for a bigger club now. I feel like when he came to West Ham, it was very much, you know, I'm coming from Serie A to the Premier League. I'm sure the money was very, very appealing. Um, He's 27 years old. He probably felt like West Ham could be a bit of a stepping stone for him. But now we're in a situation where West Ham are offering him to people which tells you all you need to know about how his West Ham career has gone and, and how they feel about him right now. Um, Jam Krista says, uh, what do you make of Ozil training with the first team, looking fit and smiley? Look, Ozil's PR game is, is top class, isn't it? It always has been. Um, you know, he's going to make sure that he's looking in good spirits, that he's looking uh, to to carry himself in a certain way because he knows the cameras are there. Mesut Ozil has always been very good at that. He's always been very um, media savvy. I'm not sure that that is solely down to him. I'm sure he's got a team in place who, um, you know, make sure that, you know, as I said, his PR game is is at the level that is required. But, you know, I wouldn't read too much into pictures of Ozil training and smiling. We know he's training. Um, You know, Mikel Arteta will tell you that he's got every chance of, working his way back into the side. I'm still very much of the belief that um, you know, Mesa Erzil is an option and someone that should at least be on the substitutes bench. Because I still believe he's better than some of the players that we're being sort of forced to turn to now um from our reserves. Look, I we've spoken a lot about this and, and we talk about the formation that Mikel Arteta currently plays which requires a midfield pivot of two, doesn't have a number 10. And so if Mesut Ozil is left out for that reason, I can kind of understand that and I can get on board with that and I trust in Mikel Arteta that that is the right thing. You're not going to hear me complaining about him not playing when we don't play with a number 10. But I still think he's, he's worthy of a place on the substitutes bench. I still think that he's someone you can bring on um, when you may be struggling to break teams down. And I think that Whilst we've seen some really positive performances from Arsenal of late um, with regards to, you know, sort of shutting the better teams out, sitting deep and looking to break, we're going to face some very different challenges over the course of this season. And so I wouldn't rule out using Mesut Ozil at all. I think he can still be of some use um, during the course of the season. And I think that, you know, I, I look, I, I just... I don't want to get too carried away with his, with his PR stuff, with the pictures, whatever. I don't really read into that. The club put out what they want to put out, um, you know, as it would have been fully aware that the cameras were on him. So I, I wouldn't rule him out of playing ever again for Arsenal. It's clear that in the club's view that he is deemed surplus to requirements. Now they do want to move him on for, for financial reasons. There's clearly been some ill feeling between the club and the player following um you know recent events and and we gathered that didn't we from that athletic interview that he gave where he kind of laid everything on the table it became clear and evident then that this this was more than just about messer Ozil not performing more than just messer Ozil's wages so for that reason um you know I think he's gonna struggle to make an impact again at Arsenal but You know, I have faith in Mikel Arteta that if he feels he can add something and feels he can use him and needs him, that Mikel Arteta will do what's right for the team. So, yeah, um, wouldn't rule him out completely. Uh, Terzel, big shout out to Terzel. Give Limitless Football Academy a follow as well on all the social media platforms. He says another Brazilian. If it's true, I'll definitely take him. So uh, very much getting on board with the sort of Samba theme uh, that Arsenal seem to be trying to put together at the Emirates Stadium at the moment. Lots and lots uh, of Brazilians coming in the door at the moment. Um, as I said earlier on in the stream, there are worse nations uh, whose footballing philosophy you could opt to go down the route of. So we'll take that. But I just, you know, Felipe Anderson for me is is not is not the answer. And he's not someone I'd like to see um, come into the club. Right, what else we've got here? Um... Dennis Brown, he says, hey, Harry, do you think we'll get top four with two more signings? It depends on who those signings are, my friend. Um, it really, really does. I, I hope so. Um, you know, if we were able to get at least one of the two midfielders that we're said to be targeting. Um, and, you know, I'm talking about Thomas Partey. I'm talking about Hussein Moua, Um, If we were able to get either of those, then I think it would significantly increase our chances of of getting in the top four but it's still going to be a tall order we've got to be realistic and we've got to understand how far away from it we were this season and that it may not be possible to completely bridge that gap in one season so we've got to chill out about that um and just see see how it goes um let's see what else we've got here lots and lots of live comments coming through keep them coming i'm just going to take a couple more and then we'll go on to talk about our next story um lots of compliments to the channel thank you guys uh, thank you to dennis brown uh, thank you to henry moses if you haven't already uh, and i can see there are over 200 of you watching us on youtube at the minute please please do smash that like button it is so so important um and also if you haven't and you're new please subscribe to the channel as well we're hoping to get um to seven and a half k as soon as possible we're well on the road to doing that but we still need your help and it's only you guys that are going to get us there so please smash the like button if you haven't already and be sure to subscribe if you're new um what else have we got um see what we've got in terms of comments lots and lots of stuff coming through Um, Billy Anderson, he says, I don't even agree with a loan move for Felipe. Like you said, it would totally jump in front of, of Saka, Nelson and Martinelli's progression. Absolutely. No, no, no from me. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think Arsenal have got to make a decision here. You know, if we're talking about a world-class winger who becomes available on a loan, it's a no-brainer if we're talking about someone informed someone that you look at and you automatically believe that he will improve the quality of your side then you do it don't you you get the deal done you take it you move on but felipe anderson is not that player felipe anderson hasn't performed for a long time um in a west ham united shirt therefore what guarantee is, he, is there that he will perform At the Emirates, and if West Ham are looking to move him on and move move him on on loan, it's because they don't want to pay his wages. Let's be honest. And if they don't want to pay his wages, it signifies that his wages are probably a little bit OTT. And in which case, do we want to be paying his wages? Absolutely not. We've got enough on our plate Um, rather than to worry about uh, taking West Ham's cast offs. Jesus Christ. Um, Right. What else have we got here? Let's um. To pick up a couple more uh, bits. Uh, Elias says, Harry, do you believe Awa would be a better signing than Coutinho for the short term? In the short term, look, I think they're different players. Um, I, I really do. I think that Awa is more of a central midfielder. And I see Felipe Coutinho as more as an attacking midfielder. And so the roles are different. The demands are different. Um, What they bring to the table is very, very different. And I think that given that we look as though we're going to, at least for the time being, because you're asking me about the short term, play with this midfield pivot, this deep lying midfield pivot, then I think Hussein Moua would be better suited to that rather than Felipe Coutinho. That's not to say I don't like Coutinho. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he was excellent during his time at Liverpool. I think he was okay at Barcelona, okay at Bayern Munich the talent is there there's no question about that um but for me you know I'd rather be looking sort of with a view to the future um and and that's why I would I would rather that we got a war in instead let's move on to um another um to- topic sorry <coughs> sorry uh, another topic of discussion that has obviously made some headlines today and that is with regards uh, to uh, socrates now we know that Napoli have shown an interest in the Greek international defender. We know that they are keen on taking him to the San Paolo as they missed out on Gabriel. Um, they are all obviously bracing themselves as well for the possibility of Khalidou Koulibaly moving on as well. And that interest today, um, or recently, has been confirmed uh, by Aurelio Di Laurentiis, the Napoli owner. Um, there's been lots and lots of talk about it. Um and he said this, we are working on signing Sokratis Pavastathopoulos from Arsenal. We consider it an option. Uh, that's what he said to the reporter. So uh, De Laurentiis, uh, renowned for being very upfront with the media. He doesn't hide things. He says it how it is. And uh, he's made it clear that Socrates is one. And well, I guess you can take from his comments that he's one of the options that Napoli are looking at in the central defensive department. So there is a chance Uh, that Socrates will join Napoli. Brings me on to a report actually that was from Charles Watts earlier on, the Arsenal correspondent for goal. Um, I saw a video on his YouTube channel where he was discussing this very subject and he said that it's not a given though, or a definite, I think was the word he used, that Socrates wants to go to Italy or that he will end up in Italy. Um, He speaks about the fact that the Greek defender has recently had a child. He's happy with life in London. He's got one more year on his Arsenal contract and it is a very lucrative contract that he currently has. Will he be willing to give that up? Will he prefer to just sit there and collect his money? And I know I come back to this again, you know, clubs will try and force players out. What, you know, you expect Socrates to want to play football, etc., etc. But he's a player very much in the... I'm not going to say at the end of his career because I feel like that probably be a bit premature. He's 32 years old. But he's in the twilight of his career, isn't he? Certainly heading towards uh, the end of it, the back end of it. Is he in the mode now of, I just need to make as much money as I possibly can? Um, You know, I've said it before. Italy and Greece, culturally, quite similar. Probably wouldn't be too difficult a transition for him. Um, You know, he's obviously got his mate, uh, Costas Manolas, there as well. Um, You know, they're very good friends. Um, They've played together an awful lot in the past. And of course, Socrates has spent time in Italy before, hasn't he? He spent some time at Genoa, who signed him initially from AEK Athens. He spent time at AC Milan. So he would be no stranger uh, to Italy if that move was to materialise. But it's not 100% nailed on that Socrates will end up at Napoli. If I'm going to predict, I probably think, yeah, it's likely to happen. But can I sit here and say... 100% 100% that that deal is done. No, I can't. Contrary uh, to some of the reports that have been coming out of Italy over the last few days. Um, let's see what else we've got here as well uh, in terms of you guys' comments. Uh, keep them coming. Um, bear with me while I just uh, scroll through. Uh, when I'm talking about transfer targets, or Larry says the most important now is Partey. We can manage Ceballos as centre midfield. Yeah, look, Thomas Partey is very much Arsenal's priority target. We've been banging that drum throughout this window. Um, Nothing's changed and nothing's changed in the sense of Arsenal wanting him and nothing's changed in the sense of Arsenal not being, I don't know if it's willing or able right now to pay his minimum fee release clause. So we're going to have to um, wait and see what happens with that. Um, You know, it's something that could... Uh, develop uh, as the weeks go by could develop if Arsenal are able to, to move some players on and raise some additional funds but for the time being um, there is no movement on that but he is of course the club's uh, priority uh, what else have we got uh, in did you know, he says oi oi Harry great streams all my best from Canada thank you very much for tuning in mate Really, really appreciate it. at uh, Marble Halls TV says, Do you reckon Saka can win PFA Player of the Year, Harry? It's a tough one, isn't it? Um, because there will be a number of strong contenders for something like that. There always is. And I, I always have this question mark around the age for the PFA player of the year. I feel like it should be brought down um from what it currently is. Um, to give sort of those youngsters more of a level playing field because Often you get players like Saka who will probably play a bit part, uh, will be in and out of a side and then they'll end up um, not getting a look in on an award like that because they're going up against someone who's a couple of years older um, and has now established themselves as a first team player. So, look, he can, he's got the talent. I expect him to play a bit part for Arsenal next season, though. I think he will be someone who will be in and out of the team much of the way he has been since he signed the new contract. I think Mikel Arteta is very wary of overdoing it with him. Um, and rightly so. He's still young. He's still learning. So um, if you're asking me if he has the talent to do it, yeah, certainly. If you're asking me if I think he will win it um, and if he'll be given the award, then I, I don't think so, my friend. Um... What else have we got here? Uh, Let's uh, keep going through uh, your questions. Uh, Jay says, Harry, ain't Napoli interested in both Socrates and Mustafi? That's the report. Um, Well, that was one of the reports that was doing the round. But the Mustafi stuff seems to have fallen away. Um, You know, there's not been much of that lately. Uh, Initially, it was that Napoli were looking at both players that... Uh, Socrates and Mustafi were potentials to, you know, compensate for the fact that potential that sorry that they lost out on Gabriel, who, of course, signed for us. But the Mustafi noise has quietened substantially. And it suggests to me that actually there was not really a great deal in that. The Socrates talks continue. Um, you know, Napoli have made it clear that they're working on it. Um, you know, there's been no sort of, denial of that story but when it comes to Mustafi uh, there's not been a great deal of noise on that and I feel like with Mustafi he is very much I think of the remaining centre-backs and I'm talking about the ones that we don't expect to play much the ones that we a lot of us hope will be moved on and and from that bracket I talk about Socrates, I talk about probably Rob Holding as well um you know, I actually think that Mustafi is probably someone that Mikel Arteta would prefer to keep around, you know, um, ahead of Socrates, ahead of Rob Holding. I genuinely do. And I base that on the team selections that he made um, prior to sort of, um, you know, Mustafi picking up that injury. Feels very much like he's someone that he has a little more faith in than he does in some of the others. It's not to say that, you know, he is the complete player or the finished article or someone that we are desperate to hold on to. But I do very much get the impression that Mikel Arteta likes Shkodran Mustafi and feels like, although he's not perfect and he's got a lot of problems, as we all know, a lot of faults, I should say is probably a better word. I do think that Mikel Arteta likes him. And I do think that if any of those guys are going to stay, Mustafi's probably going to be that man. Guys, um, over 300 of you watching us now across the multiple platforms, but um, we've only got 59 likes. So if you haven't already, please, please do smash that like button. It is so, so important. It helps us uh, take the video further up the rankings and therefore we'll get more views and then we get more subscribers and then we can continue to grow the channel. So please, if you haven't already, uh, do smash that like button and subscribe if you are new. Um... Just having a look. Uh, Watching from Washington, D.C. Big up, Harry, for the daily quality content. Thank you very much. Uh, Carter says, big up, Don Simiou. Keep up the streams, mate. Thank you to you as well. Really, really appreciate it. Um, Nathan asks, what budget was approved for Arsenal to buy new players? Do you have any idea? I don't think, if I'm being honest, that anybody has an idea um, on that. I I really don't. I feel as though if anyone says they do, they're guessing. Um, I think that a lot of planning would have taken a back seat during the coronavirus uh, crisis. It would have gone from sort of looking ahead to the new season as the priority to shit. How do we navigate through these difficult times? And it's all hands on deck and we just need to get through this period first and then we can relook at it. I don't think there is a specific budget. Um, I think it's very much a case of Arsenal looking around, Arsenal identifying targets and then deciding there and then whether they feel like they are deals that they could potentially do. What I mean by that is I don't think that there would be a a definitive figure. Um, You know, I think it would be very much dependent on who became available, who goes out um, and and sort of various other factors as well. Look, every transfer window, we get a report, don't we, from some journalist who claims to be in the know, who says, this is the exact amount Arsenal are going to have to spend this summer. And then we all get pissed off about it. We all get disappointed. Um, We all get angry. We all point the finger at the Cronkies and say, why aren't they putting in any money? Where has our money gone? Blah, blah, blah. You know the drill by now. It happens every year. It's a cycle. Uh, But this year, we never got that. We haven't had that, have we? We haven't had that sort of declaration of a figure that Arsenal are going to sort of put on the table for transfers. And that is telling because it means that not only do these people not know, and I think they never really know anyway, but they don't even have an inkling. They haven't even had an indication because, believe you me, if they had an indication, they would have pulled some figure out of their arse. And um, and brandished it around and shown it to everybody and and told them this is what they got information from within the club, blah, blah, blah. You know the draw by now. Um, So, yeah, I think it's telling that we haven't even had that. I think it suggests that the budgeting has kind of gone out the window. It was very much about getting all hands on deck to cope through the coronavirus crisis, making the necessary changes and then um, sort of taking things as they come in the next few months i you know also you've got to think about you know what if there is a second spike and football stops again what if they're hoping you, you know it, I think they'll be cautious in their planning because of the fact that they don't know if football's going to stop again they don't know what that would mean in terms of financially to them if it was to happen again so yeah um I, 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 in answer to your question. I don't think there there is a a specific budget in place. Um, really don't. Let's see what else we've got here in terms of your comments, and then I want to touch on a couple of other bits and pieces before we go today as well. Um, let's see. Uh, Ian Barron says hi, Guna. I am a Darlington fan. Uh, where we were made bankrupt in 2011, reformed 2012. have had three promotions and are currently. A fan of National League North Club where we demoted, where we were demoted four leagues. I seem to remember you bringing this up before. Um, You know, congratulations. I'm glad. Um, I, I couldn't imagine what it would be like to see my football club bankrupt or sort of on the brink of extinction. So obviously I'm delighted for you guys and I hope it all works out. And of course, thank you for your continued support on the channel as well. Uh, Shane Geraghty says, any update on Callum Chambers? Haven't heard about him waiting or leaving in a while. Is he one of the defenders we are looking to move out? Um, Obviously, Callum Chambers has been injured, hasn't he, since Mikel Arteta came into the picture. So I think that Callum Chambers is someone that Mikel Arteta will probably want to look at because Again, um, similarly to Ainsley Maitland-Niles, and obviously he's not as versatile as Ainsley Maitland-Niles, but he does have that versatility. He is able to play at fullback and he is able to play at centre-back. You know, some would argue that he can play in defensive midfield as well. So I think that Callum Chambers is someone that Mikel Arteta will probably want to look at. But for this moment in time, you know, obviously Callum Chambers, it's all about getting fit again for him. Um, You know, he's He's 25 years old. He's at a point in his career where it's kind of make or break now, I would say. And he really needs to, to you know, find, find himself. And of course, you know, he suffered that cruciate um, ligament rupture back in December. I think it was, I think it was between Christmas and New Year's. Um, he's supposed to be back training and back sort of, I, I don't know, sort of the extent of the training that he's doing and how, you know, far down the line he is in terms of has he joined up with a football team completely I'll be honest I don't know that Um, but I think he he is someone who just needs to focus on getting fit again and I think until Mikel Arteta gets the opportunity to look at him um, properly I don't think there'll be a decision on Callum Chambers I would caveat that though with if a massive offer come in and when I say massive I don't mean 100, 120 million I mean an offer that is um, relative to what Callum Chambers is worth a good price, then I think you you probably will see um, Arsenal consider that. Uh, but I think that, as I said yesterday, that is the case with everybody at the moment. Arsenal will consider everything. Everything that comes across the table in terms of offers, they will consider. It Doesn't necessarily mean that they'll accept or they'll reject, but I think they will look at everything just because of the situation that we find ourselves in. Um let's see what else we've got here um Mirza says uh, who do you think will be first choice on the right wing pepe or saka i, I think it's it, it's going to be pepe for me um i think pepe will very much be the starter i think we've seen glimpses lately of 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 what nicolas pepe can bring to the table i think this current system allows him to get in infield a little bit more as well. It allows him to get up in support of the false number nine, particularly when um, when Alex Lacazette plays. And I think you'll see a better season from Nicolas Pepe this time, second season and all that. Um, but I think we can expect more from him. And I think he will very much uh, be Mikel Arteta's first choice in that position. I said it earlier on. I do think that Saka will be in and out of the side uh, throughout the course of this next season. Right um Serge says hi i love the show thank you very much serge appreciate uh you joining us this uh this afternoon is it afternoon is it evening i don't know um whatever it is um let's see what else we've got let's uh quickly pick up one more uh comment and then we'll go we've got a couple of other bits i want to discuss as well uh so i want to get Onto those as soon as possible. Here we go. Um, Rahil says, Joe Willock, keep, sell or loan? Hmm. I think that Joe Willock at the moment is an impact sub. He's someone that comes on when we run out of legs. He's someone that isn't trusted in the centre of midfield because he's a little bit more attack minded, I think, than than Danny Sabas or Granit Xhaka, for example. I think that his energy is useful in the latter stages of certain games. And we've seen that. Um, we've seen that work to our benefit. We've seen him be brought on in, in sort of one of the three forward positions at times, just because we're looking for those legs. We're looking for that energy. We're looking that when the ball gets played up the pitch, that it can stick, that someone can run with it, carry it, give us a breather. I think that Joe Willock will stay at the club. Um, if you're asking me what I would do again, it, when you're considering sales um, and you're talking about the possibility of moving him on, it's totally dependent on what, what offer comes in. Uh, you know, I, I know that's an obvious thing to say about transfers and it feels like I'm, I'm copping out of it when I say that. But I genuinely think that this year, this transfer window more than ever is one in which it's just something that you just look at at the time and you 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 take stock and you say is he worth it is is this player worth what I'm being offered yes or no you know and you make a decision on that basis if someone's over willing to overpay for someone you move them on if someone's uh, trying to underpay then you know as long as you can financially you reserve that right don't you to say no um, and to make that decision. But with Joe Willock, I, I think that he's playing a bit part role at the moment, but I do think that he's someone that Mikel Arteta likes and he trusts him at certain stages of games. He doesn't trust him for 90 minutes just yet. He doesn't trust him in, in the center of midfield, but he does trust him to come on and backfill certain positions in the latter stages of, of games. And for that reason, I think that actually he will probably stay. Um, I don't think he'll go anywhere. Uh, Eamon says, uh, hello from NYC. Uh, love your lives. Thank you very much, mate. He says, really helps me stay connected with Arsenal-related transfer news. Why do you think we're always paying more than what we get back for the players once selling them? I think that is something that all big clubs will experience a lot of the time. You know, there are some clubs who somehow manage to bring in money, Um or, or, or more money than they've bought players for at times. But I think when you're a club like Arsenal, who are one of the bigger clubs, but at the moment are underachieving, you look at the likes of, let's take Lucas Torreira, I think is a prime example on this. Um, you know, if we do move him on, if he does join Fiorentina as rumoured, We will be losing some money on that. We'll be coming up a little bit short financially. And people will say, but why are we coming up short financially? Why are we going to find ourselves in a position where we're losing money on a player? The reality is this. When Arsenal go knocking on someone's door for a player, the price automatically rises. And, And that is something that all big clubs have to contend with. When it's the other way around, though, when a player like Terreira, who and I again, I stressed this yesterday, I don't think he's had a bad time at Arsenal, but I don't think he's been as good as we had hoped. And I don't think his career has particularly taken off at the Emirates Stadium. Therefore, people will look at that. And so in their eyes, his stock is not as high as it once was. Add to the fact that the clubs looking to sign him are most likely going to be smaller than us. Take Fiorentina, for example, less financially powerful than the Premier League clubs, which they certainly are in Serie A. Then all of those things come into to account and all of those things come into play. And that's why you see um, sort of clubs like Arsenal bringing players in uh, for big money and then struggling to to recuperate that, that money when they look to move those players on. Now, you know... I'm not saying it's it's particularly good business or anything like that, but it just feels like it's one of those things we're going to have to contend with. We take a risk on someone like Lucas Torreira, selling him for most of the price we paid for him, I guess, is mitigating the disaster. It's uh, compensating for, you know, the risk that we took in the first place, but it doesn't cover all of it. And so there is still, of course, an element of risk, but I just feel like, as a big club, when you go knocking on people's doors, they demand more. When they come knocking on yours, though, then uh, the rules are sort of reversed. The f- shoe is on the other foot, as they say, and it's a completely different ball game. Right, uh, just going to pause uh, the live uh, comments at the moment. Keep them coming, and uh, we will um, we will uh, we will come back to that in just a few minutes' time. But there's one thing I wanted to discuss, and I wanted, and I know, look, I've Seen some mixed reaction to this because I've seen some fans on um, on Twitter, on various other platforms today saying, why do we give a shit about what Alexis Sanchez has been saying? And and that brings me on to what we're going to discuss. And that is Alexis Sanchez's comments. Um, I'm sure you've all seen them. I'll, I'll give you a brief sort of reminder of, of what he said uh, just in a moment. But I just want to make this point. I, I've seen a lot of Arsenal fans Sort of look at the the comments and go, who cares? Who gives a shit? Why do we care about what Alexis Sanchez says? He's not an Arsenal player. Who cares? Move on. Why are we even looking at this? Why are we even paying attention to this? I do. I I do find it interesting as a fan to hear things like that. I really do. I find it interesting to hear the player side of stories. I find it interesting um, to sort of get more information. Um, from the various sort of parties that would have been involved at the time. And Alexis Sanchez has has given us a bit of insight into what he felt when he first joined Manchester United. And, you know, yeah, you might not care uh, and you can care about something, but sorry, you can be interested in something without caring about it. To care about it would be to get upset about it, would be to get happy about it. My feeling towards Alexis Sanchez's comment is completely indifferent. I don't... I don't particularly feel any way or the other about it, to be honest. But I did find it interesting that he said that literally after a day he wanted to go back to Arsenal. He felt as though he'd he'd kind of made the wrong move. And, you know, I found Alexis Sanchez's move at the time completely baffling. I found it really weird. I found it weird because Alexis Sanchez at that time and all right not the last few months cuz he didn't really perform you know we knew that he he wanted to go we knew that he was unhappy at the emirate stadium we we got that vibe film. we you know we all knew what the deal was but you know obviously there was that interest from Manchester City prior and we saw on a, the Manchester City documentary actually all or nothing i don't know if anyone's seen that um that um you know, City did want to bring him in, but financially the deal didn't make sense anymore after a certain point. So having kicked up such a stink to leave the club, Alexis Sanchez found himself in a shit position where, you know, having done what he'd done, he was then forced to move on. And unfortunately for him, his first choice, his preferred destination, pulled the plug on the deal and Manchester City were no longer In the race to sign Alexis Sanchez. But he couldn't stay at Arsenal after all of that. He had to move on. And unfortunately for him, Manchester United was the wrong destination. Manchester United under Jose Mourinho. Just what were you doing? What were you doing? Um, You know, I I felt at the time, like I know Manchester United's league position was better than ours and all of that jazz. And I, I just never felt that under Jose Mourinho, Manchester United were ever going anywhere. And I, yeah, I just never felt that they were going anywhere. And and so I couldn't understand why he decided to join them. And again, I go back to what I was saying, that the other option, that which was no doubt his primary option, pulled the plug on the deal. There was no longer an offer on the table and he didn't really have a choice. But I guess the point I'm trying to get to is that when he joined Manchester United, I never at any point thought, yeah, that's the right move for you. I get why you've done that. And as much as it pained me when Van Persie went there, I got why he did it. I, I, I got why he did it. Um, I, I got why he moved to Manchester United at the time. Manchester United were in a position to challenge for the Premier League title and Arsenal weren't. And he got his reward. He got a Premier League title. Yeah, he tarnished his reputation with the Arsenal fans a little bit, but he got, what he wanted out of his career. And and as a footballer, that's what you do, isn't it? You you prioritise yourself to a degree. So, you know, I, I just, I don't know, man. I, like, I heard the comments from Sanchez. I read them, whatever. Um, and I just found it interesting. And I'm not saying, you know, and again, I'm probably going to get pelters about this in the comments because I know there are a lot of you that don't even want Alexis to get the airtime after what he said. And all of that jazz and, and and stuff. And But for me, you know, I find it interesting. I find it so, so interesting to hear that the culture at Manchester United was so different. And in his view, I guess toxic at the time that he just could tell after one day that it was not the right move. It was not the place for him. We know he went for money um, because you didn't join Manchester United at that point. If you were going there with ambitions, uh, if you were going Somewhere to win things, you'd have gone to Italy. You'd have gone join Juventus. You'd have gone, uh, you know, to to Man City. Um, you know, he, look, he made a poor decision, and that's that for me. Um, don't think we should beat him up over it too much. Arsenal weren't going anywhere at the time, um, really. And and as fans, we would moan about it every single week. But we had this attitude that if the players moaned about it, that wasn't okay. But it was all right for us. To kick-off. It was alright for us to go to the stadium with Wenger out banners. It was alright for us to protest. It was alright for us, uh, you know, to to shout and swear. But if a player thought that the club were lacking ambition, well, that was regarded as betrayal, as treason almost. And, and that, I can never get my head around. So, yeah, look, interesting comments. Just wanted to touch on it briefly. Uh, you know, and that's that. But I don't get why he's getting even more abuse from some fans having made that admission. I think fair play to him. He made a mistake and he's come out and and spoken about it. Uh, Big Gunner D on that subject. He says, yes, Sanchez was man enough to admit his mistake. And I respect that. Um, Dimitri says, um, Arsenal and Greece, wish I could give you more likes for the jersey. (laughs) I wish you could as well, mate. That reminds me, let's check out the likes uh, at the moment because I know they're not uh, where they need to be just yet um let's have a quick look let's see what's going on over 400 of you watching us on youtube at the moment there's only 100 likes we're gonna do about five minutes more so let's try and get up to 150 um by the time we finish the stream so on three two one smash that like button guys and uh, smash the subscribe button too if you're new to the channel uh kevin campbell arsenal legend he says you don't realize what a club the arsenal is until you leave And you realise there is only one Arsenal. Absolutely um, huge football club. Brilliant football club. Classy football club. And when you look at the players that have left us over the years, very few have gone on to bigger and better. Let's be honest. Um, Let's be honest. Uh, What else have we got here? Um, Rydog says, Alexis got a case of the Chleben song. Guy had a massive club with a massive fan base, loving every stupid thing he and his dogs did and took it for granted. Love that. Um, What else have we got here? Um, What else? What else? What else? Sorry, just uh, checking out the comments. Uh, Chandan says, I feel sorry for Alexis. He made a bad choice for money. He should have stayed and become a legend, but we wouldn't have got Oba if it weren't for him leaving. Agreed. Uh, Zana says, I don't have sympathy for Alexis because he's responsible for that. Um, the Gotham Knights channel says, Sanchez is an idiot. Um, Josh Connor says, I think there is one club for everyone. Arsenal was Sanchez's. He was the main man. He had Ozil. He was loved by the fans and he had Wenger and he won two trophies. Same goes for Oba. Um, let's see what else we've got. Uh, lots of you sort of, asking about um, the the Anderson news that we spoke about at the top of the show. And as that is kind of our main... Uh, well, one of our main talking points today. I'll just quickly touch on that one more time uh, before we lock off for the day. Some of you are asking for uh, starting team next season and things like that. We're going to do all of that, I promise you, in the upcoming preview show. We're going to bring you a preview show ahead of Arsenal's trip to Craven Cottage where we'll take on uh, Fulham in the Premier League opener uh, Saturday, 12.30pm kickoff. is live on BT Sport here in the UK. So we'll be discussing uh, all of that um closer to the time, we'll be doing a, a full blown preview show. But just going back to the Felipe Anderson news, for those of you joining us late on the live stream, uh, West Ham have apparently offered us the player on loan. Um, as I said, right at the top of the show, I think it's ridiculous to think that Arsenal would be interested on, in Felipe Anderson on loan, particularly having brought in Willian, who can play on a flank position, uh, can play as a sort of attacking midfielder as well. I just don't see it happening um really don't um and i I find it laughable that West Ham have come to us trying to get rid of um <laughs> trying to get rid of one of their sort of uh unhappy parties and push him on to us. you know we've got enough of those of our own we've had enough of our of those of our own over the last few years, so we don't want another one uh so thank you, but no thanks thats uh, <laughs> that is that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, massive numbers again. Really, really appreciate it. Like, like, like if you haven't already. Uh, we've got people tuned in at the moment from all over the world, which is amazing. Uh, Wanders is watching from uh, Calgary in Canada. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, Oguchukwu is watching from Toronto. So lots of you tuned in at the moment from the different corners of the planet, which is lovely. Uh, thank you all so much. And uh, we're going to be back very, very soon. I think we'll probably bring you one stream over the weekend. Um, not sure exactly when it will be. Let's see how the weekend goes, but bracing myself for a very busy week next week with the Premier League due to start the transfer uh, window still uh, very much alive as well. So lots and lots to catch up on. Um, there will be lots to do. And so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, Take a chilled one this weekend, and we'll be back in a few days' time, possibly over the weekend, but if not on Monday, uh, to keep you up to date with all the latest Arsenal news. And uh, if you're listening via the audio, thank you so much. Hit the review uh, button as well um, and leave us a review five stars if you fancy it. Um, and uh, subscribe to the channel if you're new, like the channel, uh, like the video if you haven't already. Uh, uh, and uh, muddling up my words there, so you know it's Friday, it's Friday evening. Chill out, enjoy the last weekend before the Premier League comes back and our stress levels go through the roof once again. Until next time, take care of yourselves and stay safe. Thank you.